Trainer. Yo, yo, this is Justin, Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. By the way, hello, beautiful humans. Uh, we got Dan here. Hey. And we welcome to the studio. Sierra Princess Harris. Hello. All right. <laughs> Full name status. So sweet. I actually have to say, my new last, my last name is now Wilson. So no more Harris, or is it Harris Wilson? No, it's just Sierra Princess Wilson. Wow. Yeah. That's like, I mean, obviously he's your husband, so it feels good to to take on that identity, but also like. What does that mean to you? Was it hard to give away your full name? Um, you know, for me, I, it wasn't hard, actually. It definitely was one of those things that I thought about, but I was really excited and proud to carry my husband's last name. So, yeah, I, when it was all said and done, I was like, you know, or when I was at that final stage of like, okay, am I going to hyphenate my name? Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to have his last name no matter what. Um, but I was, you know, yeah, I just, it just felt, it felt right, you know, to, to, to change my last name. Do you feel like you're a one name person anyway? Well, like like Sierra as an artist, I am a one name person. Um, but legally in the eyes of the government, (laughs) exactly. In the eyes of the government, they want to know everything. Yeah. Uncle Sam Uh, needs to know. They need to know everything. (laughs) Um, no, but yeah, I'm one name as an artist. And then when I'm at home, I just really like to keep it as normal as possible. So I don't want to be like, I'm one name, (laughs) you know, I don't have that kind of attitude, but yeah. You you force your kids to call you just by Sierra. (laughs) So they need to call me mama. They should never call me Sierra. I told my son that like, when he figured out my name, because he knows my name and I taught him it. But then when he, you know, you, he hears other people saying my name back, you know, it's easy for them to kind of like say your name back. When yes. they hear the fans screaming, it's like, I'm always mama. <laughs> <laughs> they will never scream mama, but you can. <laughs> so, okay. One, every time I hear Sierra, I want to yell at the end like, this beat is automatic. <laughs> Hilarious. It's like almost like autopilot for No, me. it's funny because people asked me, someone asked me the other other day, they were like, do people say, it's Sierra, that whole thing that they do at one, two step in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And every now and then I do hear that greeting when I walk into a room, (laughs) especially for interviews. Um, But it's cool if it makes you feel that way. So Sierra is who you are professionally, and obviously there's a different version of you at home, obviously the real version. But is there, and I think with Beauty Marks, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. there's definitely an intersection between the two. In this album, probably more than your previous ones. Yeah, I mean, it is for sure. In this album, I'm definitely giving all of me into this record and to my fans, to my music. Um, you know, it's it gets very real for me. Beauty Marks is, yeah. is the, I guess, the way to kind of capture my my overall journey and how I look at my life and the, the journey that I've gone on and the not-so-pretty moments, you know. And with Beauty Marks, my idea of what I say is all the scars you get from the obstacles you face in life are actually your Beauty Marks. And that's a very real thing for me. And so on this album, you do get to get me as the artist. You know, I'm giving you the music. There's some records that are really hard hitting and, um, you know, feel good records. And just it's full of all my thoughts and my emotions that I was feeling at certain points, starting with Level Up to a song that I have called I Love Myself with Macklemore. Uh, that I just I needed it so badly to listen to that record. So good. It was it cured it cured what I needed. Oh, that makes me so happy. It was such a needed reminder. It was beautiful. And mm-hmm. my biggest takeaway is, you know, the moments that you're down, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily down. You're learning from those moments. Absolutely. Well, you know, sometimes when you're going through things, it doesn't feel so pretty. You know, it feels kind of ugly and it feels uncomfortable. And you're just like, what is this space? And you don't like that space. And the reality is, is that when we face adversity and we go through challenges in our life, 
they actually make us who we are, right? They actually help us develop character. We get, we become stronger from, you know, persevering through those challenging moments. And again, those moments are our beauty marks. And then with the actual song Beauty Marks, I wrote that song with my friend Skylar Gray. And it was also produced by her. And um, that was a song that I kind of had been sitting on for a title I've been sitting on for a long time. And I was like, I have to make this record. I had it for like almost two years in my um, in my note sheet on my phone or whatever. And I'm like, I got to make this song. And that was a very real thing for me because it was kind of like my aha moment where I looked back at my life and I was like, gosh, those moments that I went through, they felt so crazy. But aha, like they're actually my beauty marks and I'm okay. You. And life does turn out to be okay when it feels like it's not going to. And I can actually smile at those moments and they don't feel like what they felt like when I was going through it. When you put that, when you put those two words in your, your notes, is it accompanied by anything other than just beauty marks? Um, the two words, just beauty marks? Yeah. You mean like as far as was there a sentence or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, or a note? You know, no, it was more so my song titles that I wanted to write. Like I was very specific and very intentional with this album. There were certain titles that I had sitting, like I Love Myself was sitting as a note. So um, they start as titles and then you- sometimes, yeah, or sometimes it's a feeling. I write down whatever I'm feeling. I'm like, I don't know the title to what I want to talk about, but I know the feeling that I want to kind of come through the music. So I'll write those notes down, or I know the title I want to talk about. I know the feeling, but the title I need to write down now before I forget it. So I have all kind of like moments that come to me. They're all kind of random based off of what I'm feeling in that moment. Where's your headspace when you write beauty marks? Are you in a reflective? Headspace? Absolutely, I'm in. A, I'm in a reflective place and. Um, when I'm writing Beauty Marks, when I was writing it with Skylar, it was reflective. It was also, um, it felt good. You know, music is also therapy. I was actually breastfeeding <laughs> when I was talking to her about the, the, we were talking through the vibe and the uh, things that I want to kind of express through the record. We were just talking. We just had a day to talk. We didn't even write the first day. And um, the second day when we went in, we she came back with some good, amazing thoughts of first like foundation and we just started writing from there. Um, and the feeling, it feels good when you're writing songs, like, writing songs like that because it's really a beautiful song. Yeah. It's a very real song. And it kind of helps me put the period on the end of what beauty marks, what it meant to me um, and how important it was to make a song like that for my album. It allows, like, it, is closure the right word for it? Um, well, closure, I don't know if closure is the right thing because beauty marks is a beautiful thing. But it puts the period on the end of it. You know, closure for me... I, I don't know if closure is the right word because it it's not so much of a sad moment um, because it's me having the happiness coming out of the sad moment. Yeah. So more than anything, it was kind of a celebratory moment, you know, where it's like I was able to write this song that really, um, you know, captures what I was trying to say and what I felt. Um, and it's a very proud moment as well. How important is that talk day with Skylar before you actually get in there and start recording? Really important. Vital. It's really important. I think when, especially when a song title like that, when knowing what it meant to me, it was important for us to really talk it through because every kind of, kind of every thought and detail mattered. Um, and being able to flush through our ideas together, it just kind of helped us to make the perfect rec record, or at least I think it's the perfect record. It definitely spoke to what I wanted to speak to or what I wanted to say. Um, so it's important to have those moments to just really sit down and talk and walk through the vision and, you know, really, so, cause it allows me to also pour my real emotions into, into the record. Yeah. So it's not just like a, uh, it's not just a thought. It's like more than a thought. It's like this song has meaning. I want to bring this song. Yeah. It's a story. So, and we're telling it through music.
At what point did you decide, okay, the music video is going to be as real as the song? Um, I always kind of knew. After I recorded the song, I knew I had some really um, amazing and special moments that I, you know, had gone through. And it was only right that I shared those moments in the video. Um, it was very vulnerable for me. I've never been that vulnerable in my career yeah. and in my life. Sharing my delivery is pretty vulnerable. Yes. And honestly, I think I can speak for myself. I don't... It's not necessarily the prettiest moment. You don't feel like it's the prettiest moment, but you realize it is actually one of the most prettiest moments. Creating um, life. Yeah, it's amazing. But when you're going through it, you just feel, you don't feel pretty. I felt like a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> I felt I, fried. I was beat up because my daughter took forever. Um, she stalled out on me in my my um, delivery, well, in the the waiting process for her to come out. She stalled. Like she, when I got to six centimeters, it stopped. And it just took her a long time to pump up to, to nine centimeters. So, gosh, I did not feel pretty. I felt pretty fried. <laughs> I felt beat up. But what, you is, know, but what does it tell you about your relationship with your audience that you, I mean, maybe you don't feel comfortable, but you are okay with being that vulnerable yeah. and that all open? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great thing. I've, I've learned that, you know, when we're vulnerable, um, you know, it can be a beautiful thing and a very empowering thing. And for me, it was definitely a beautiful moment because that kind of essentially helped me round out my story because my son, obviously my husband loving my son and I when I was a single mom um, was one of the most beautiful things that ever happened in my life. And when I before Russell came into our lives and the early stages of me becoming a single mom, that was not so pretty. Right. It didn't feel so pretty to me. So, um, you know, it was important to me to be able to have to share that journey from when it was just us three to now us four, um, it was necessary and it kind of put the, it closed out and rounded out the story um, in, in the way that I, w- I was hoping for and um, it was kind of the best way to, sh- to share my story with my fans as well. I get goosebumps <clears throat> when you mention Russell taking in your son because yeah. that's all a mom, a single mom could want. And mm-hmm. coming from somebody who had, I, I came from a divorced family and oh, wow. both my parents did their thing. Mm-hmm. That was their biggest thing. Like th- the ability to find somebody who not only loves that person, but loves your kid too. Yeah, it's huge. There's it's no- beautiful. Yeah. And it's rare. Yeah, it is. It's, I agree with you and um, it's powerful. You know, it's really cool, especially, you know, for him being a son and there's this connection that they have, their own boy thing, you know, and it's real. Like, Russ is at every baseball practice coaching him, you know, <laughs> guiding him, you know, and he show he's there, you know, and he wants to be there. It's not something that he's just like doing just to do. Like, I knew from day one when he started changing diapers <laughs> that he wanted to be there and he's so excited about it. Like, everything that he does, he's excited about and he was like that from day one, and that's how he is with both of our kids. He's a proud dad, you know, and so that's a beautiful thing, um, and that meant a lot to me, you know. And so. it must continue to mean a lot to you. Oh, my gosh, of course. This is, it's, it's, I honestly can say, I know I'm in a room with a lot of guys, but my husband does look very sexy by not only what he looks like, but but what he's, what how he, how he cares yeah. and how he loves our kids and how he at that time, loved my son, you know? And and to be honest, like, that's probably sexier than his appearance. It definitely is more than a cherry on top. I saw a lot of people (laughs) commenting saying they're looking for their Russell Wilson. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, after watching that video. Oh, it's, he's, he's, I'm, I'm very blessed. Um, and he's pretty awesome. Sex 
saying so. Hey, beautiful human, I'm really sorry for the interruption, but there are three things that every homeowner wants their home to be. Smart, safer, and more fun. What if I told you one link by First Alert has you covered with all three? First, meet your family's new best friend, the One Link Safe and Sound, a hardwired smart smoking carbon monoxide alarm with a premium home speaker and Alexa's in there too. It's all in one, it's super sleek, it's built with first alert safety technology, and it provides an immersive, great sound experience. The safe and sound, it elevates any home, but it does get better. One Link by First Alert also offers the One Link Smart Smoke and Carbon Monoxide Alarm. This thing works with the One Link Safe and Sound. The device is easy to install and it protects you against both smoke and carbon monoxide. If smoke or CO is detected in your home, don't worry. The Smart Alarm is going to notify you via exclusive voice and location technology. It's going to send a notification right to your smartphone. This is what you want if you own a home or even if you rent a home. Come on. Whether you're home or away, a smart home should always start with smart protection. And it's all by one link by First Alert. They're welcoming you to a smarter, safer home. Visit onelink.firstalert.com for more information. Back to the interview. I'm sorry. Zach Sang Show. Well, you mentioned the sun in, the, in Greatest Love. You mentioned that, right? Yes. There's I a did. lyric about that. What's yeah, that song about? Greatest Love is just kind of a dedication song. You know, to Russell? Yeah, of, yes, of course. Yeah. To my greatest love. <laughs> um, you know, but that's a song that anyone can dedicate to their greatest love. And it's just kind of me just being real in the record. And, you know, I'm pouring my heart out. And I'm just being, you know, just keeping it real. Like, the greatest love i ever seen. You know, um, and that's a real thing for me. You know, um, I'll, I said, I'll ride for you. I'll die for you. I've never had that feeling in my life before. That's, but but I, that's real. Is but, that the definition of love? As as somebody who doesn't, I mean, I know because I love my mom and my sister, but mm-hmm. like, d- did you know what love was prior to Russell entering your life? Well, n- this is a different kind of love for me. Um, you know, this is my husband. That's like next level love for me. Um, and I've never experienced this kind of love before. So it's, it's definitely very real. Oh, I was going to say, so in Greatest Love, you were talking about how it's all about that. But then you also say, ask God to take everything toxic out of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and being a public figure, like, is it hard to put that in a song? Because everybody knows like, things that you've referenced that you're referencing well you know toxic can be it, it it's it's just what it is in general everything toxic is everything toxic right yeah um but it's a real song you know i expressed myself um with what i really felt mm-hmm. and I, that's what music is about and that's what this album is about you know and i really liked that i allowed myself to not overthink the process like i i sometimes can do that because i'm like if i say this and they'll think that and if i say that they'll think that but that's the beauty and the power of music. Like, that's what music is supposed to be. And I've learned that the more that I allow myself to be vulnerable, I feel like I make my best music. You know, songs like Level Up for me, that's a real feeling that I had. I was eight months pregnant when I was making that song. And um, I was just getting lost in the creative process. And I was, like, reflecting on life and the journey in general. Um, kind of like what I've done on songs like this and Greatest Love and Beauty Marks, you know. Um, I Love Myself is another song that's a reflection of that. But... It's the best thing to me when you just allow yourself to be free. I feel like that's how you just make your best music. And so um, when I was making this song, Greatest Love, like, I just wanted to say what I really felt. Mm-hmm. And that, I did. You've lived your life in the public eye. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like people who have been doing this for as long as you have, mm-hmm. it kind of almost only feels right in a yeah. way. Well, this- yeah. It's, it's for, it's all, it also, oh, thank you so much. It also represents my growth. Yeah. As well, you know, um, for me to be in that space, like I say, it feels really good. You know, I'm not overthinking the process. I'm just 
doing what I feel. And I think the cool thing is that when you share your journey, it also allows you to help someone else as well on their journey, you know? People forget that. And yeah, think- that's what's important for me. I don't just, I don't want to share my life just for the fun of it, you know, in that way when I'm kind of being vulnerable and sharing real moments like the ones I showed in that video and I talked about different songs. But I like to share, I like sharing my, so I like pouring my heart into music because one, it's therapeutic and it's fun. It allows me to be like really creative and create the best work that I, at least I think is the best work. But also there's an opportunity to maybe impact someone else's life. And that for me is the ultimate payoff. But but your creative motivations have changed over the years. Like, let's go back to One Two Step. Y- you approached that record totally different. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> then you, you're approaching. That was just feel good. Yeah, right? <laughs> feel good. But they th- those records I read online chilled around for like two years. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, is that there's also records like that, you know, where you just have a good time. Like a song on my album called Set, yeah. which is like a turned up record. And I just shot a really cool visual for that. I can't wait to share it. Um so there's songs like that where you just get the turn up. But even in set, I'm still like a little feisty. I'm still like, you know, I say I hustle. I say I hustle till I pass out. Shoot all my shoe boxes like the bank now. Guess you can say that I'm the man. Wow, on that big boss level, and I put that on my set. On my set, set. I can't do. I can't sing right now because my voice is fried from my cold. But that's my jam. Like that is my, like that's still fun. But there's some attitude to it. You know, I say, I go so hard. What I say, I go so hard. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh, been bad, since bad, I run, run things, no cap, I own my lane. Like, I'm I'm still having attitude and, like, in the, it's attitude in the record, but it's still kind of, like, this kind of cool thing. I say, you, you say you would count me out. Like, there's a lot of things I'm saying in the record that are, like, real things that I feel, like, just to be honest. Like, so it's fun, it's the turn up, but it's still real. And so there's songs like that, too. But, again, there's just feel-good records. A song I have called Trust Myself, it's a feel-good record song I have called the Na Na song. It's a feel-good record. So there's songs like that, too. But One Two Step was one of those feel-good records on my journey, too. But, like, the difference is there's honesty and vulnerability in these new turn-up records. Yeah. Th- that One Two Step didn't necessarily have. Yeah, I think you're right. Now, when I was talking myself through it, I'm thinking, like, there's a little bit more of a narrative to the song, like, set on this record. Yeah. But then the Na Na, yeah, that is right. You're right. And yeah. depth. Yeah. Oh, I see it. I saw, yeah, I saw it coming. Yeah. No. Thank no. I was. So I was making. I thought he was just going to come across. I was oh, like, Oh, thank you rah. so much. Um, but, this is a really good cough drop, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Nick has quality drops. Um, but but that that is it, right? It's the honesty and the honesty that you know. But your your motivation was different when you were creating goodies and one two step. Well, right? no. When I created goodies, it was actually um, a similar motivation. Really? Yeah. Because gosh, this is making me. Hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like sometimes cough drops actually make like tingles in your throat. But like, is that the thing? Like, they're gonna cough it out of you? Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe that's what it <laughs> like, is. Like they spark it, and it's like you're gonna get <laughs> done now, and you're gonna be good after this. And get it out. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, no, but with songs like Goodies, actually, that was me being very expressive and very intentional about my message at that time period. Because when you think about, like, that was my first song I was putting out. And I'm you like, want I to wanna- set the tone. It's like, I want to I wanna do a, a song that makes you move, but I want to talk about something. And my attitude was, you know, just because you drive a Benz, I'm not going home with you. Like, there was that was real for me with goodies. Like, I was this young girl, and that was what I was standing for with what that song was saying. So that song did have a message to it. And, and, and it made sense because in that moment, you, need, you were in a position where you needed to tell the world exactly who you were and what you were about. Well, it was my first record, and so I wanted to kind of, like, you know, kind of talk about something on my first record. 
And you got, you got to dance to it at the same time too, which is cool. But I definitely was like, what's the what? What do I want to say? Like when I was jamming around, I was kind of making the analogies to the cookie jar. <laughs> and I'll tell you guys something funny. The song was originally called Cookies, Whoa. and so I was like, that's not the right word to like really expand this thing. Like, Cookies just felt limited. And there was a song in Miami, I think, that was popping at that time that had cookies in it. And or it was called Cookies. And so I was kind of playing with what the hip word was at that moment. But I'm like, it's got to be bigger than that. So I took forever. It took like a month to finish that record. Because I was like going line for line on the hook when writing it. Riding in my little Honda Element. (laughs) (laughs) Bumping the music loud. um, You know, bumping the track loud. Just kind of trying to vibe to it and going line for line. Like every line mattered for me in that record. I mean, think about it right now. If that record was called Cookies, do you think it would have been as impactful? <laughs> no. Would we be talking today? I don't know. I think it would have been kind of like, it may have stayed in that pocket, like in the southeast region and just there. But but goodies. The word is, yeah. Dude. It's a game changer. It's a part of culture and it has been for well over a decade. Oh, thank you so much. I was meaning that the line was a game changer. I wasn't trying to talk about my song like that, but thank you so much. <laughs> but, 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 but that line relates to the song and then the, the, yeah. even the term goodies. You know what I mean? Like, mm, yeah. your goodies. It's much broader. My goodies. It was like a fun, it's a fun word that people could kind of use, you know, to to point to like their love or like whatever that was. You know, if you're looking for the goodies, keep on looking because they stay in the jar. You know, if you come in the wrong way. Um, but yeah, so that's awesome though. But it's a very special record for me. Um, and um, that was how I started off the show, and it was a blessing because that song was my first number, my first song, and my first number one um, for a little time. So, forever a special moment in my career for me. Do you remember when you decided, okay, let's the goodies is the word? Like, do you remember when you thought of the word goodies? Yeah, instead? I was sitting with Jazzy Faye and um, this guy named Nooney, who was my manager at that time, and um, and I was like, we were sitting at the table, and I was like, goodies, and. We were talking through all these different words, and I was like, goodies, like, that's the word. We were sitting at a restaurant. I cannot remember where that restaurant <laughs> was. We might have actually been, like, in Miami, maybe. Um, but I remember talking, saying, like, that's playing with the word, and then it came to it was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And it fits. And it worked and perfectly. More than perfectly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. thank you. Goodies, and obviously, once you step. Mm-hmm. I, I just got to gotta be forward with you. Yep. Your music shaped my year for pop music. Oh, I love that. And back in the day, it, it it showed me an entire new side of pop music that I hadn't tapped into. Oh, I love that. And I, I remember playing your records, hearing them for the first time when I was younger when they first came out, and then playing them years later when I used to DJ like graduation parties and eighth grade dances and stuff. And just the energy that it that it evoked mm-hmm. from these kids, it, 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 there was just such power behind so cool. the records. I love that. It, it, one two step, really game changer for me. Mm-hmm. Missy Elliott on that record mm-hmm. was that hard to do? Was was it easy? Well, it was to... a surprise for me, really, because I always wanted to work with Missy, and Jazzy knew that because Jazzy, I, he was um, he. I, we were working together at, at that time period on my whole project, and he knew I wanted to work with her, and he actually made that dream come true. Like I had a few people on the list, and she was one of those people that I wanted to work with. And um, he sent her the beat. I didn't know he did it. And then he sent back the beat and her voice voice was on. And I was like, whoa, yo, <laughs> my dream has come true. And then I ended up writing my part in Atlanta and adding my kind of like pieces to it or whatever. And um, the song kind of came together really quickly and organically. Um, but my mind was blown because Missy's a legend. 
you know, and now she's like my big sister, which is still sometimes surreal. Um, but at that time period, that was like, wow, that was like major for me because goodies was like rocking. And then to have this song come in like that from someone that I really admired and respected and wanted to work with was like, it was surreal. What a, what a follow up and what a culture shaper because you yeah, have three, you have three in a row that shape culture. Lose control follows. Yeah. You get a Grammy nomination. I think there's a Grammy win attached to that too for short form music video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another record, like th- those three back to back, and then yeah, Usher is in there too. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people compare. Uh, well, Little John produced that record, so that was like of the era. It was also Petey Pablo had the record Freak a League record. That's it, Princess of Crunk R and B, I believe they. Well, called they called you. me Princess of Crunk and B, and I kept going, "Oh my gosh!" If That's someone it. calls me that again, <laughs> <laughs> you hated it because I'm like, well, I didn't like it. I didn't mind it. It was cool because I knew that people were identifying with me being a part of a new sound. Um, which was cool. It's cool, you know, for people to, to associate me with a new, a new wave and a new era in music. But it was not the only sound that was on my album. So I'm like, I had to keep saying, that's not the only vibe, you know, on this record. But that was an incredible time. And um, Lil John, I mean, it's just amazing to see people like him evolve as well. Like what he was doing then was so special. He, he really paved the path yeah. that, that you continue to help pave. You know, he 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 helped with shaping culture at that time period. Like when you talk about how special that time was, it really was a special moment. You know, producers do that; they have the capability of doing that through music. Producers like Lil John, producers mm-hmm. like Pharrell. You know, they're very special. Like they come once every so often. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis is mm-hmm. of the world. Um, gosh, who's the other producer? I was just uh, watching the, the other night. Um, God darn it, Blackstreet. Um, Teddy, Teddy Riley's of the world, Ronnie Jerkins of the world. Like they're they're like artists as well, but on the side on the production side. And so it's so cool when you see, you know, producers come through like that with that new way that shapes culture. And Lil John, like, he single handedly like did that way started that wave on his own. For my generation, like it, 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 it laid in an entire era of rhythm at pop. Mm, yes, and like, yes, yes, yes. M- and I'm going to say it like, you know, I went to a Catholic school with all white people mm-hmm. and the idea of like turning these records up and everybody, no matter if you're the freaking 80 year old Catholic school teacher or yeah, the yeah. nun who lives in the church, everybody lost themselves to it. Yeah. Everybody escaped in this type of music. I love that. It totally ushered in an era. Well, it's so cool to hear you say that, it, you know. Well, thank you for making it. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, was, love. Was your goal always to be a star star? Because you were writing music too. You wrote a record for Fantasia Barino. Yeah, I and, did. And then prior With to... Jermaine Dupri. Dude, great record too, by the way. Thank you. Her first one post-idol, right? Yeah, that song was jamming, yeah. Th- that was a big It cut. was a part of... It was a part of her record she put out. Um, yeah, at that time, she... And her voice is one of my favorite voices. It's sick. Yeah, her voice is amazing. Yo, I'm getting 2004... American Idol flashbacks right now. <laughs> so so funny. <laughs> it's freaking me out. But but you were you could have gone down the writing path. I mean, you still write now. Mm-hmm. But like, what was your goal when you started? Like pre hearsay, which was the girl group. So funny. That was actually where I started. Obsessed so, with that name. So I know hearsay. Um, there's three of us, and that's where I started. I started out in a group, and then um, obviously the group didn't work out. But I also saw my first publishing deal when I was 15 years old. Wow. And then so I just worked on writing for a second. And then when I turned 16 years old, I signed my deal with Arista Records. Um, and it all kind of started to take off for me from there. Um, it kind of moved quickly. When does the Fantasia cut come in? That happened when I was like right around the stage of writing at 16 years old. 
are there people telling you you can be a star or are they saying you need to be in the writer's room, you need to be cranking out hits mm-hmm. for other well, people? it depends on the person. Um, I would be in the room with some artists that were established artists and they would look at me like, oh, you should model, you know, or they would say things like that to me and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> all right. You know, but in my mind, I'm like, I know what I want to do and I'm like, I'm going to go and make this dream happen. And I always had that attitude because there would be people that would say, oh, like they would only see me as a writer or they would only kind of see one side of me and think that that's all I had to offer, but not really knowing that I danced and not really knowing like what my vision was for me as an artist. So it's so cool when I would, you know, it was cool when I would see those people, you know, again, a little bit later, (laughs) to be honest. Um, But it was cool because, you know, I think when you hear those, you know, I call them the no's, you know, like the N-O, you know, people, you know, saying no to you or saying you can't can always be a good motivating tool, you know, because you're like, I believe in myself. I know what I think and I know what I feel and I'm committed to it. So thank you for saying no, though. Thank you for not really seeing the vision because a lot of people also missed out, too. So that's it. Yeah. And those no's just fueling your tank to keep you going. Yeah, for sure. It definitely motivates me. So how has your music making process (laughs) changed? I mean, obviously, you're more vulnerable, but Mm -hmm. are the mechanics of how you actually create a record, are they the same? Pretty much. I mean, I feel like when you're making music, um, or at least for one, since I've been making music, I still have the same approach as far as like just allowing the creativity to, to inspire me. So whatever it takes, like I still move around the room, I dance around the room, I still jump around, I still, I do things like walk in in the room, walk out the room and come back in the room, see how the beat affects me when I walk in the room. I'll ride in a car and write a song too. I wrote the song Get Up in a car yeah, as well. I get um, it. So the process is just whatever it whatever it takes is what I do. That's kind of my attitude with making music because it really can require like a lot of different things to inspire you. Sometimes I sit, let the record sit for a second and come back to it. Level Up was called Yummy before I finalized it to be called Level Up. Yeah. And then I said, why, you, M, M, Y, watch me. And then one day I'm sitting on the sofa and I'm like, I think I'm going to do a countdown. Like I want it to be the drop before before. Level Up comes on again. Like, I want people to kind of have the fun anticipation of the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. So I changed Yummy to, to the countdown and then changed the title of the song from Yummy to Level Up. So it just depends. Like, it's just whatever it takes. And th- But those two elements make the record. But, like I did for goodies. But, but, <laughs> Same thing. That's it. it. But those are also <laughs> things that are kind of unique to you, whether it's a countdown or a break in the song where mm-hmm. you can do a countdown mm-hmm. and those catchy words. Yeah. The wordplay is key. The wordplay is key. I think you learn that like some of the best songs that we like in this world are ABC. It's like it's that we love that are like real hits. It has to be ABC because or or else no one, most of the world cannot digest it. And I think that's kind of the important formula that you want to have in your music. So I'm always thinking like, is this complicated? And there's some records that I put out that are kind of like maybe a little bit more complicated, but that's just my artist passion for that record. But all in all, I always like listen. I'm like, is is this complicated for the ears? Like, how do my kids react to the record? You know, how does my grandma react to the record? Can they digest what I'm saying? Like, is it just too much going on in the hook? Really bad. That's like my newest single, Thinking About You. That's a feel-good record. Yay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. One of my favorite songs on this album, um, which I actually didn't write this record. I have to shout out Esther Dean and the Space Primates on this record. But when I heard it, it was very ABC. Like, Thinking About You did not leave my head. And I wanted to hear it over and over again. I'm like, it's to me, it's ABC. And it, I know what it makes me feel. And there's also the feeling thing. Whatever whatever you feel, 
like when when it feels right to you that it's right in a lot of cases um but that was what that song was for me it was very like easy to listen to my kids can sing it back or at least my daughter tries so she's just two years old um <laughs> but it's a feel-good song you know and so those elements in records are really important the abc element and can people digest it can you have that mixed with a song that is i mean can you have an easy to digest record mixed with vulnerability and complexities Absolutely. of a human story yeah i mean that's a goodies record yeah. you know um gosh I'm trying to think of another tempo record is it harder um, to do definitely i think a bit more challenging level up is that record for me even though i didn't send it to radio it still performed very, you know, oh, amazing, yeah. you know, virally. Um, I also heard radio stations playing it when I was in like, yeah, yeah no, I traveling around. It was cool because it was a natural pickup. Yeah. Everything about that record and the response to the record was very organic. Um, it's a great song. Thank you so much. Thank you. Was Think About You inspired by the Jacksons or Prince at all? Because you can definitely hear that in the production. You know, there is a bit of that inspiration in that record, that feel good in that groove. Mm-hmm. And then the staccato, like, singing like Prince, you know, um, which I had a song I wrote a long time ago called Promise um, that had the same kind of staccato, like, Prince, um, you know, top line. Mm -hmm. But in this song, I feel like there's definitely those, it does kind of, like, it's nostalgic. It kind of reminds you of that feeling from those records. But it still has its own kind of uniqueness to it and, um, you know, or whatnot. But, yeah. Well, this is, it's all really... It's awesome to kind of like, one, dive into who you are and how you got here and understanding your life as a whole. Because not only are you going to Harvard now to complete Mm -hmm. a course, but you own your own record label, also named Beauty Marks. Mm -hmm. And you're your own boss. Like everything begins and ends with you. Mm -hmm. It, It hasn't always been like that. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. It has definitely been a journey. Um but this is by far one of the coolest and I'd like to say most defining moments in my life and my career is, you know, living in these new chapters. I like to kind of look at life as chapters, um, but living in the new chapters of now running my own label, um, you know, and doing all these things that I'm getting a chance to do and doing it my way and taking control. It's been by far one of the most um, rewarding feelings um, because now Level Up's almost platinum. It's just literally 60,000 units shy. But didn't um, which didn't people tell you that wasn't cool. going to work? Yes. <laughs> Who? A few people. <laughs> <laughs> These people keep saying no. When yeah, are they going to learn? Yeah, but you know, I thank them for that. That's going to happen in life, right? Um, I was just saying earlier, you know, I had, my husband and I had a really cool conversation with Jeff Bezos, and I asked him, I was like, you know, we both asked, we were curious about, like, if he ever heard no. And he did when he was trying to create Amazon. You know, he asked, like, 60 people or so. Um, to, you know, to be a part of. He had to talk to like 60 people and only like 22 of those people said, you know, yes, they'll invest and now look, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's just the journey. I remember, um, you know, I just remember having really cool conversations with a lot of people that inspire me. And you'll notice there's a common thing that happens to some of the most successful people in the world and that is hearing no. Um, you know, so I'm thankful for those no's. Like let those, don't let those no's break you down. Let them motivate you and encourage you to go after your dream even harder. Um, so for me though, you know, on the super positive side of it all, it's just been incredible, you know, being able to like, I'm learning a lot. I'm literally wearing the CEO hat and the artist hat. Sometimes the <laughs> artist is like, I want to make this video. Like it's crazy. Like the, the budget's banana. Like, and then the CEO's like, don't no, you can't do that. You know, it's like reel it back in, you know, a couple of notches. So I'm learning a lot right now, but I'm having the time of my life. I really am. I, 
I, you know, we've been able to do some cool shows. You know, last year I started off with the American Music Awards and just recently booking the Billboard Awards. And I've been able to do some of the covers I've dreamt of doing, like In Style and the French, French, I'm sorry, Vogue Arabia with Vogue, um, one of the Vogue, you know, magazines as well. And I just look up and I think, gosh, like what an incredible journey it's been and how awesome it is to believe in yourself. You know, like that's a real thing. Um, cause I could have given up a long time ago and mind you, it'd been like 14 years since I had been on the billboard stage, but I'm still a baby. So yeah. that was a blessing about starting out really young in this industry. And you know, all of the 33, I can't believe yeah. that. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but again, it goes back to how all the scars, you know, or those things that we have, the adversities that we face that feel like they're so challenging, but they make us who we are. Those are my beauty marks. And so I'm grateful for the nose. I'm grateful for also having had records that didn't perform well because they helped me now from the CEO perspective, you know. right? So now I have a better understanding of how to work a record, how to read media base, how to like, <laughs> there's a lot of technical things cool. that go into it, you know, and how to stay on top of all those different things. And then when I'm having meetings, I'm having more clarity of like the questions that I want to really ask because I'm also having meeting with, meeting, meetings with partners, like actual brand partners. So now I'm different in the room than I just being an artist. So I'm grateful for the journey because it gave me wisdom too, right? That's to be it. prepared for what I'm doing now. So it's really fun. What's the biggest thing you learn from the journey that you take with you and see yourself actively use um, today? The biggest thing I've learned, you know, I think being patient. Being patient is important because a lot of times when you're going after what you want to do in life, what you really want and what you desire, you want it when you want it. And you realize that a lot of times, not a lot, but a good amount of times, you're not going to get what you want when you want it. And you can get, you can feel defeated. You can feel depleted. You know, you can feel like you want to just like throw in the towel, but you got to be patient. You know, I have this thing where I say, you know, stay the course, stay the course. Consistency is key. And just be patient because your time will come. If you know it in your heart and in your brain. If you know it and you believe in it, stay committed to it because it will most likely happen because you're actually subconsciously, you're willing yourself into that direction that you want to go into. Louder. It's real. Truth. I know it. And I try to share it with as many people as I can. And it's hard for some people to grasp just when you say it, but it's when you live it. It's really real. And I had to learn that though. I had to learn patience because remember when I started out, every song I was putting out was number one or top three or top five. Like it was, you know, so I'm used to that rhythm. And then when it goes weird, it's like, whoa, like this feels out of body. This does not, this feels a little uncomfortable. And then maybe another record after that record doesn't work out. Like, I love what I do. This really feels uncomfortable now, like even more than it felt before, but patience, like, that's a part of the journey. It's supposed to happen. Like, let the journey that you, the journeys that you go through in life, let them happen. Gain, learn from your wisdom. Be patient, man, because it really does all work itself out. Has there been a trend in music that you've heard that you were like, why? Uh, a trend in my a trend in music. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I think more than anything is the music that I grew up loving was full of a lot of substance. And I think that there's also just fun records where it's like, it's supposed to be fun. But I feel like there's kind of been some moments where you're like, okay, wow, they're really not saying anything in that song, but that song is a smash. Like this song is like (laughs) top of the charts. You know. 
is top of the charts. And so, like, you know, um, those moments are always fascinating, but that's what music is, right? Music has moments where there's just songs that are just, like, super fun, mm. and they're smashing the charts, you know? And so, and they may not be talking about a bunch of nothing, but they're smashing the charts, you know? So, for me, it's always fascinating because a lot of the songs that I loved growing up or the songs that I really, like, really love and appreciate, they kind of have some depth, even if they're fun songs, like... There's some kind of something to it, you know. But then again, I, I mean, that's the beauty of music, right? Music marks time, right? And so, like you say, you can kind of re- remember certain moments of like when there was a jam that was just a jam. And that's what music is, you know. It, there's some songs, I guess, that are not supposed to be that crazy deep, you know. Music marks time. It marks time. I just had one more question. Is Macklemore on the album have anything to do with the Seattle connection? Well, Macklemore and I actually, um, me, my husband, and Macklemore, we're darn near like family at this point because we all obviously are in Seattle. And you got um, kids? But Macklemore, yeah, we do have kids. <laughs> and it's been really cool when Mac, well, Ben and I, we call him Ben, when we share, you know, the fun stories about parenthood. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other like conversation within <laughs> itself. Um, but I want him on the record because I thought he was right for the record. Um, I thought it was really cool to hear a man talk about the power of loving yourself, especially to, like, his daughter, you know, and also his perspective as a dad. I thought that was kind of necessary um, and very real and very raw. Oh, it's and he was the perfect person to me that could do that. Mm-hmm. There's only a few people like him that can, like, really drop, drop gems in that way yeah. and ride the beat the right way and, like, have a real perspective. Oh, yeah, and drop wisdom that he actually lives and he means. Yeah. And when he talks about having to love himself before he can, you know, teach others, he has a, if I'm not right with me, I can't pass it on. Yeah. I, that's that's powerful, real. Yeah, it's powerful. He's dropping gems in that record. He's saying some real <laughs> stuff. Um, that's necessary. I felt it was necessary to be heard, right? And again, I spoke from my perspective as a woman, but it was really cool to hear Mel's perspective on that song. Um, it just kind of helped me, like, tell my story even more and, kind of go a little deeper with it as well and have a different perspective on it. So you're kind of getting like both perspectives, you know? Beauty Marks totally deserves your ear. If you haven't listened to it yet, you got to. It's yeah. a phenomenal body of work. Thank it, you so much. Really phenomenal. My last question, what record surprised you the most that you put out? Surprised me? Um, hmm. I'd like to say... See, the word surprise is kind of tricky for me because I believed, I've believed in records, but it's always a surprise when you see how they react. Yeah. And that is Level Up. Got it. I believed in Level Up. I committed. I, I had the video and everything, and I was, like, saying, I really think this song is going to be the right way for me to come back to the world, you know, since I've, I had been gone for, like, four years since my last album. I'm like, I think this is the best way to tell my story for my first song um, to release on this project. And I really believed in it. I really committed in it, committed to it. Um, and it was amazing to see how fast the fans reacted. Like literally the next day, there were like tens of thousands. And the next day, like, and the next day, it was like hundreds of thousands <laughs> of Level Up Challenge videos. Yeah. And that Soup blew my mind because I'm like, wow, like I really believe in this song. And you know what also it showed me? It also showed me the power of the connection to my fans. Because my fans really were the ones that lifted me up. Like, I didn't go crazy on trying to, like, market the record. I didn't do anything but just let it be an organic connection of the song, the visual, 
and the relationship that I have with my fans. I just hand it to my fans, like, here you go on my platforms. And to see that reaction was, like, mind-blowing. It was surreal. It was inspiring because I knew the road that I had been going on, and I knew that I had just sat in an office not too long ago where they told me that they didn't really see the vision in it. So for that to have hap- to have had to have happened was like it was mind blowing. So yeah, and it definitely is. Um, it, it was the way to start the project off. So yeah, there's no other human who could have ever recorded that song except for you. <laughs> That's, so That's funny. just the yeah, truth. I love that. It, it just doesn't. I I can't think of another artist. It doesn't fit. It's it's you. It's thank Sierra. you so much. I, I really appreciate. You have that. the most relaxing speaking voice of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. I want you to just read me bedtime stories. <laughs> like I want to be your third child. <laughs> so funny. He's not. not least. You're gonna make me cough because when I laugh, it makes him want to cough. No, but thank you so much. You're looking for a third kid? They want to take me in. <laughs> it's so funny. Actually, I am looking for a third kid. No, slain. <laughs> to create, no, slain. Here I am. <laughs> With my hubby. <laughs> Let me are make you, that clear. <laughs> are you gonna have more babies? I do plan to. Um, you know, I, I'm enjoying having a flat tummy right now um, <laughs> while running around doing all this dancing. Um, but I do look forward to having more kids. In an ideal world, I would have like two more. I realized, like, with having my babies that we really can do it all. Like, my yeah. my show doesn't stop. You know, I still can dance. I've, I've danced around at a Grammy party performing with a massive belly. So, um, you know, when you do moments like that, you're like, live your life. That's it. It deepens your relationship with your fans. I'm telling you. Oh, so funny. So I, sweet. <laughs> I believe, like, I believe that. Like, you're just being yourself. You're being you. And, like. It's real, right? Yeah. I, I think it's like we kind of have to be. You know, real. I've learned that because I was so guarded over the years, the earlier years of my career. But I, I love just being able to connect with people. Like I love being able to connect with, you know, pe- hearing people's stories or like, you know, being inspired by people's stories, right? Or maybe even trying to inspire someone with my story. Like that's real, and it's been really fun being able to do that on this record. And that's what life is about. Like just live your life. Once I decide to live my life. As I really decided to do that was like a moment where I was like just being kind of more uptight, more like trying to be do everything right. And it's like that's not really living your life. Like you when you live your life, you go to the good and the bad. You just you you live through it. You push through it and you just kind of let things flow. And that has been fun. Sierra, <laughs> Marks, please give it your Thank ear. you. Thanks for hanging. Appreciate you. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for surviving. Um, well, being here for me through my cough attack. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you guys. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.